Welcome to Man Talk. Everything you wanted to know about men's health, but were afraid to ask. Hi, thanks for tuning in to Man Talk, the show that attempts to answer your personal questions with qualified professionals on a variety of subjects that concern most of our listeners. My name is Stuart, the voice of reason, along with my brilliant co-host, Michael, the voice of choice. We will inform, educate, make you laugh, and give you insight into the sometimes complicated world of men's health. You're not alone out there in what you're experiencing or feeling. There's a band of brothers out there going through the same stuff. So listen up, guys and gals, and get ready to learn, live, and enjoy your life. And above all, try to flush those cares away. The second week in row, Justin Brader from Southwest Hearing Clinic here in St. George. Justin, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you again, and we we didn't get to all the subjects we wanted to last week, so we wanted to have you back and cover a few more things. We've had quite a bit of dialogue, conversation, uh, emails to our email address, which is, Stuart, what's our email address? Questions at mantalkradio.net. Very good. Uh, I guess the, the, the first topic we want to cover this afternoon is the things that lead to hearing loss. Like, why does this happen? And I know it's a wide range, and it could happen at any age. So, yeah, why don't you start us off here? So, so I mean, there are the obvious things. You know, I mean, genetics. You know, I mean, one of the questions that we ask everyone that comes in. You know, did you have parents with hearing loss? Did you, did you have grandparents with hearing loss? Siblings with hearing loss? Um, you know, I mean, obviously, there's a big genetic component. Most likely, if your parents struggled, you know, then you're probably going to develop hearing loss. Um, and then there's also environmental factors. That's the ones that. You know, we, we have some control over them, but you can't just shutter yourself off in a, in a soundproof room all day to protect your hearing either. Um, and, of course, you know, things like there are obvious things like military service. You know, if you're around guns and shooting, if you're around explosions, those kinds of things, I think we can all be fairly certain are going to affect our around, hearing. Around what? Guns and explosions. Yeah, something like that. Wow, so. Michael. Excellent. <laughs> Pretty slick, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, those are the obvious ones. But, you know, one of the things that's interesting is that your hearing will be affected um, by, by shorter and shorter durations of louder and louder sound. So a gunshot is, is very short. I mean, it's, it's just a moment, but it's extremely loud. So that's likely to damage your hearing. But one thing people don't realize is that even if you're around a fairly soft sound, but you're around it 24-7 all day long, every day working at it, you know, 8 or 10 hours a day, that can eat away at your hearing as well. And, and so a good example of that that I often use are, are someone that works as, say, a dental hygienist. You wouldn't necessarily think of a dentist office as a very loud situation, but that little that little sonic um, cleaner that they that they go out all day long, you know, I mean, you can imagine if you do that for eight or ten hours a day for the for twenty years, you're likely to have some some degradation of your hearing because of something like that. So it's even you know soft but persistent sounds all day long, and then of course. You know, so, I mean, that, that kind of goes to show you everybody is going to develop hearing loss at some point. I mean, the vast majority of us, by the time we're 75 or 80 years old, we will have begun losing our hearing, some of us sooner than others. But then there are also things like rock concerts. You know, we've talked about that. Obviously, if you go to a, to a concert and you're sitting, you know, next to a huge speaker that's just blasting sound at you, those speakers are designed to hit the people at the back of the room. But not everyone's at the back of the room, obviously. And so that's going to damage your hearing 
Um, and then, and then also to go along that same route, people are wedging these earbuds deep into their ears. And then if you're like my kids, my kids are, are teenagers, but they turn that volume up to the point where even through the earbud, I can hear it across the room. I don't know why they need it that loud, but you know, that's, didn't that's definitely you, when, you were, when you were a kid, didn't you need it that loud? I did. Well, see, and I, and I didn't, I, I didn't actually listen to that much music as a teenager. If I did, it was just on the radio. You know, I mean, my kids don't even know what a radio is. <laughs> All they know about is iPods and, and streaming music, you know, but you know, you have Spotify and Pandora and Amazon music and whatever else they're listening to, but they listen to it through their, their devices. And they put their wireless earbuds or they put their earbuds deep into their ear canals and then they crank that volume up. That's going to hit that eardrum and it's going to wear out those nerve endings in the ears. And that's what's going to cause that hearing loss down the road. Um, you know, I mean, you'll see some some people who develop hearing loss at a younger age. I know people in their 20s that I that I can measure hearing loss. But most people, it's cumulative, you know, and it and it takes a while to develop it. Um, but that gets worse and worse. And, and over the years, you know, the last, oh, 50, 60 years, as amplifiers have become more powerful, we've definitely seen an increase in the number of people with hearing loss. And if you started back in the 50s or 60s, you know, now you're in, you're in what, your 70s, 80s, you know, something like that, you're probably going to have some, some degree of hearing loss. And the problem is so many people just don't know if they do or not because they don't go get their hearing tested. You know, a lot of people will, will do things like they'll get their prostate tested They'll get, you know, they'll do that kind of thing because their doctors recommend it. They do, they go to the dentist every year and, and get their teeth cleaned, but they don't take basic care of their hearing. I would argue that probably by the time you're 35 or 40, you should be coming in and getting a hearing test at least every other year, depending on how much hearing loss you've developed. I remember my pediatrician as a kid, he would, he's Dr. Sherman. He would stand behind me and he'd say, repeat after me. Ice cream. Mm-hmm. Butterfingers. Yeah. I was getting really hungry, but I guess that was his <laughs> his uh, very simple way of testing my hearing. Yeah, yeah, just a quick test, you know, something like that. You know, another thing, have you ever stopped at a light and heard somebody in the adjacent car playing loud music where it's almost rocking off the off the pavement. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, and you wonder then they're not wearing anything in their ears, but you're hearing it louder than they are, and it's pretty annoying. I mean, how about those guys? I mean, I got to believe they're going to be deaf in a few years. If they're not already, maybe that's yeah. why they have the volume up yeah, that, that loud. That, that maybe. Could be. And, and, and what Justin said, what you said a little bit ago, uh, the, the rock concert, I know when I was in my 20s, and I'd go to a rock concert, we'd get good tickets up front, and I'd be sitting in front of 25 40 foot towers of speakers. Oh, yeah. I knew I was I was going to be suffering someday. Oh yeah, and and I've got a brother in law. He goes to a ton of concerts, and he he likes heavy metal. So I, I mean, you know, it's exceptionally loud, and he has to wear ear protection, you know, because otherwise he he knows that it's just going to deteriorate. I mean, he can't hear for three days after a concert because it's so loud. Um, so you can you can actually get ear protection made that still allows that sound to come through, but you know, it prevents any severe damage from happening that quickly and, and at least gives you some some level of protection. Um, but but you've got to do something to take care of your ears because it, it is going to deteriorate. Our ears, I mean, if you think about it, the, the three bones in our ears are tiny. They're the small, three smallest bones in the human body. And then you have an eardrum, which, you know, despite the posters on the wall, is only a few millimeters across. And so really, you think about it, it's pretty fragile. You know, 
a lot of a lot of sound is gonna damage it. You know, even if you get whacked on the head too hard, that can damage those ear bones. And so you're talking about very small part, a very small part of your body that's gonna be prone to damage over the years. And, and you want to take care of it and protect it. What about? I have a question. You know, they talk about Q-tips. Don't stick Q-tips in your ears to clean your ears because the cotton gets embedded in your eardrum or whatever that is. What's all that about? Well, actually, they say don't put anything smaller than your elbow into your ear, <laughs> you know. And, and you know, here in, in a clinical office, we can use Q-tips. We can go into your ear and, and clean, but you can't see what you're doing. And all it takes is, you know, a little bit of a slip or a little bit of a bump, and that Q-tip can just bash right into your eardrum and perforate it or break those bones. Of course, it's not likely to happen every time, and you always like to think that, it, oh, it's not going to happen to me. But all it takes is is one inch of, of extra bump to, to cause damage, and so you wouldn't want that to happen. So I have another question. So a lot of people have wax buildup in their ears, and how do you know if, if you've had very slow hearing loss, so you don't really think you've had any probably, mm-hmm. uh, and, and then you get to this point where, you know, it's, it's getting worse and worse. How do you know it's not just wax? Do you go to your doctor? Do you go to to a hearing aid plate, where do you go? Well, and that goes right along with the Q-tips too. More often than not, Q-tips just wedge more earwax down into your ears and, and impact it in there, then they help to clean it out. And so that's another reason that, that people are told not to use Q-tips or, or cotton swabs of any kind. But the only way to find out for sure is to actually look in your ear. Have a professional look in your ear. Uh, a lot of us have video otoscopes where we can actually look in your ear and project what's in there up onto our computer screen, and you can see for yourself if your ear canal is clear or not. I've had I've had a few of those. They're kind of disgusting. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's gross if you're not used to it. I mean I've seen more earwax than anybody. I mean it's, I it know. almost is like a scare tactic. Oh look at what is in your ear. Can you believe? Well, I didn't know what was there before. So yeah, and some people make wax more than others. My father used to take him to the ear doctor, and uh, he used to have his ear the wax taken out of his ears and uh, at one point it looked kind of painful because it got hard in there and Mm -hmm. so they gave me something to soften it prior to his visit so it would be easier to extract but it was nasty yeah it can it can dry up and it can harden up and basically become a scab in your ear so then you know if you go in and you try to pull that out it's like ripping off a scab it hurts and it can bleed a little bit and it's uncomfortable and so you know we will use things like a a little hydrogen peroxide solution or, or something to soften it up ahead of time and you can do the same thing at home you can buy such things you know at an audiologist's office or you know at a pharmacist or whatever you can pick up you know earwax softening kits uh, where you put it in your ear and it softens things. Yeah, we up. just stuck a wick in my father's ear and used him as a candle. So at night he walked around and the whole at night the rooms were lit up. So yeah. it was kind of cool. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, you know, and, and but grateful. You know, the good thing is earwax doesn't really become that big of a problem for most people. I mean, it's the first thing we check when you come in for a hearing evaluation. We look in your ear, make sure it's not impacted earwax. I would say 90%, 95% of the time there's not a problem with earwax because it's, it is a natural part of your body. And if there is some earwax in there, it's not the end of the world. It only becomes a problem if it becomes so thick and so plugged that it's keeping those sound waves from hitting your eardrum. Uh, but so typically we'll be able to get any little bit out if we need to or, or get that taken care of. And then we perform the hearing test and we find out what your hearing really is, you know, strictly as hearing, not just a physical problem like earwax or broken eardrums or things like that. We rule out all of that and then we do a a hearing test to find out how much actual hearing loss that you have. Um, The other thing thing to think about, 
over time is is that that it is a cumulative thing and it happens very slowly. Very rarely do people know the first day they lost a decibel of their hearing. You know, I've had people say, "Well, you know, I this couldn't possibly have happened because I just noticed it a few weeks ago." But really, it's probably been happening in most cases for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. But if you lost one decibel of hearing, you wouldn't even notice. If you lost the second decibel, your brain is going to compare it to the, the, how you did the day before, and you wouldn't notice another decibel. And what happens is it takes 20 years for you to lose enough hearing to where suddenly you hit a threshold where you go, oh, wow, yeah, I, I really am missing stuff. I am saying what too often. You know, my spouse is complaining about the TV being too loud, whatever it might be. So so you mentioned the brain, and, and I've noticed recently there's there's advertising uh, about the connection between your brain, dementia, hearing loss, and I believe that we have uh, an email story. We yeah, have we email have a question. We, from- yeah, we actually have a question from Sam in Chicago, Illinois, asks, quote, My wife and I have been seeing and reading many ads regarding hearing loss and hearing aids. Some of it sounds pretty scary in terms of dementia and other types of social disabilities. How do we know and get real factual information? It can be tough to find out because, I mean, even going on the Internet, you get inundated with too much information. Um, You can get the real story by going into an an audiologist or a hearing instrument specialist office. We can usually tell you, and we try to keep up on the research on this, but what it boils down to is that a number of years ago, um, well, I guess it was about 2010, 2011, some research studies started coming out of Johns Hopkins University where they were talking about the the long-term effects of hearing or hearing loss. And, you know, there are some conditions that are comorbid. Like we know that people with diabetes are more likely to have hearing loss. We know that people with heart disease are more likely to have hearing loss. One second. Justin, why is that with the diabetes? Well, it has to do with blood flow. You know, if you have diabetes, you you do not have good blood flow out at your extremities. And so your ears are an extremity. You know, you don't think of it because it's part of your head. Mine are, mine are close by. Yeah, they're, they're pretty nearby. But but believe it or not, you have tiny blood vessels in there, and that's what feeds those nerve endings. And if you don't have good blood flow to those nerve endings, they're not going to be sensitive. And so you're, that's going to present as hearing loss. You know, I boxed as a kid, as a younger guy. And obviously, you know, years ago, people used to wind up what they called cauliflower ears, where the ear mm-hmm. looked kind of weird. Yep. Um, I'm sure that had some impact, perhaps, on my hearing as well. I'm not sure. But a lot of fighters, uh, I don't know if they walk around. Some obviously have dementia from getting whacked around in the head too much. But um, could that be a factor of getting oh, hit? Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, you start talking about people getting hit in the head. And yeah, that it's going to affect their hearing because you're going to mess with that blood flow. And cauliflower ear is a perfect example of that. You have you have poor blood flow to those to your ears. There's also going to be poor blood flow to the nerve endings in your cochlea. Oh, can you explain for our listeners what what is cauliflower ear? Is it a vegan thing or what is it? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's just uh, if you've ever seen someone, especially you see it on fighters um, where their ear looks swollen and it, it's kind of closed off and it'll be shaped kind of unusually. Um, you know, I 
I don't know how else to describe it other than just how it looks. You you it's would weird. notice it that way. Stuart, yeah. t- Stuart, can you take your headset off so no, Justin no. and I can look at your ears? <laughs> I mean, and, they, and obviously they call it cauliflower ear because it, it looks, looks like, like a cauliflower. cauliflower. Yeah, stick, well, sticking kind on the Kind of lumpy and head. bumpy. and mm-hmm. you know, Sounds beautiful. It is. Just sounds With oil and yeah. vinegar, it's delicious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, yeah, you, know, you get hit in the head, fighters especially, you know, you notice it on them. Um, people who have been in car accidents where their heads have gotten hit will have hearing loss a lot of times because because different things have caused damage inside the ear. Um, But then to get back on topic here with the cognitive decline and the dementia aspect, so these research studies started to come out that showed that if you have hearing loss and you don't do anything about it for a long period of time, you're at an increased risk of developing dementia. So basically, they, they started out with a group of people and they tested their hearing, determined that they all had normal hearing or hearing loss. And then years later, they test them again And with the ones that had hearing loss who actually purchased hearing instruments had a lower incidence of developing Alzheimer's and dementia than the ones who never did anything about it. And so they started doing all of these studies. And now we've we've had, I don't know, 5, 10, 15 studies over the last nine years that have come out. And they've connected cognitive decline, which, which can be memory problems. It can be how you process and make sense out of things. It's how you understand what words are being said. Um, dementia, like Alzheimer's dementia, is affected by hearing loss. And, and really the way that I think about it is that it's, I, I think of it as garbage in, garbage out. You know, if you're going around life and you think you're hearing, but you're not hearing everything, the way that you're hearing it is being stored in your brain. So if you're not hearing it completely, your brain is storing only part of what you think you're hearing. And so later on down the road, when you try to recall information or remember how, what words mean or remember the things that people have said, you only have partial information and you're not able to remember it exactly right. And that, that accumulates over time as well. And so you start to, to see that decline in how you remember things and how your brain performs. Um, and then we can also get a little bit more technical. Everyone's heard the term neuron, and that's the building blocks of your brain. It's how the different parts of your brain communicate with each other. And what we've seen on MRI studies is that if you don't have stimulation of the auditory cortex of your brain, those neurons start to get used, those building blocks start to get used to do other things in your brain because they're not being stimulated. And so by using hearing aids, we are, we are now correcting that and we're, using, we're actually stimulating that auditory cortex of the brain and we're using those building blocks the way they were intended and it keeps your brain functioning properly. It keeps those neural pathways functioning so that sound is, be, is getting to the proper parts of the brain to make sense out of it. And so over time, if you don't do something about your hearing loss, it is like, more likely that you'll develop dementia. And, and the numbers are if you even have a mild hearing loss, that's, that's where you might not even notice it on a daily basis. And someone with a deeper voice like a man you, you probably won't even notice it at all. You'd think you're hearing just fine, but you've now doubled your, your risk of developing dementia. It's a 200% increased risk of developing wow. dementia over wow. the long term. If you have a moderate hearing loss, which you would start to notice it more on a daily basis, but you probably wouldn't think it was an emergency, now you're at 300% increased risk of developing dementia if you don't do anything about it. And if you have a severe hearing loss, that's where you would definitely notice it. And you're saying what all the time? that's going to push it out and make it a 500% increased risk of developing dementia. Now, I don't say this to scare people. It's not, an, it's not something that you're going to die from directly, but it's going to impede your life to the point where 
you know, the cost of, of taking care of someone with dementia is hundreds of thousands of dollars. Good point. $277 billion a year in the United States is spent on dementia care. So that's an easy expense that we can alleviate simply by taking better care of our hearing now for a few thousand dollars. Not, as well not to mention it. the quality of life for that the individual and their loved ones. Their Absolutely. Family, it impacts everyone around you. Right. Yeah, right. that's the whole point. You can't have selective hearing anymore, as my wife says. You know, you have selective hearing. You hear what you want. You hear what you don't want. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And and I would just say, you know, if you if you need more information, I know there's a lot of information out there. You can always call me at Southwest Hearing Clinic. My phone number is 435-767-0240. There's tons of information about it, and I can help clarify that for you and how it connects to your hearing loss. Great. Well, thank you, Justin. Uh, just to go back to the, uh, on the little bit earlier, we were talking about the causes of, of the hearing loss, and we've talked about the hereditary being the, the first cause, loud noise. But and we, we just touched on these, these devices that uh, young people and pretty much everybody in the world is, is now very connected with through earbuds, mm -hmm. uh, the new uh, Apple Air AirPods. AirPods. AirPods and other companies have similar devices that are in their ear that are basically Bluetooth streaming of, of phone conversations, talking, uh, music, podcasts. Probably Man Talk podcast, right, Stuart? Absolutely. And, I mean, the cumulative, uh, the Effects. accumulation of all of this on our hearing must be ginormous. Oh, it's a loud world that we live in. I mean, that we're surrounded by noise all the time. You know, I mean, yeah, you have radio, you have music, like you said, you have, you have, you know, music through streaming services. Um, you know, if you're out in traffic, cars honking and driving and wind noise, um, even golfers, you know, you go out on a golf course and you've got wind noise out there. You've got people talking, you've got um, golf carts running around you and you don't think it's a big deal. But I know golfers that golf every day. And so you're still around that all the time. Um, you know, our workplaces, you know, we're exposed to noise there. I mentioned the dental risk. The yeah, dental that's, hygienist. that's I mean, interesting. You know, I mean, you, you don't. You don't think about it, but there's noise all around us all the time, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to avoid noise, especially when Stuart's doing so much talking. It's true, you know. And But, you know, when I talk, people listen, Michael, and that's the key. When you talk, there's a lot of, well, let's not go into that right now. Well, you still have three minutes, Stu. Let's really? go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do some jokes if you want. I've got some oh, hearing that. jokes. Let me just check out a hearing joke I, here. I, I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> Hang on, we, one. I've heard all these jokes before. Oh. I mean, you, you can imagine everyone comes in and they tells me that they tell me the same five jokes or something over and over. Um, and I and the other thing about about hearing care is we have all of the best puns. You know, I mean, we we get to tell everybody we'll just play it by ear. Oh, you know, yeah, I mean, things that, like huh? that. <laughs> Well, um, here's one. I don't know if we can say it on this show, but let's talk about it anyway. Sounds like we're going to. <laughs> well, no, I'll, 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 I'll find a different one. Um, hmm, let's see. Uh, no, that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> Just go, Stu. Well, so, so here's, one, here's one for you. you you've got a, a couple, and they're up in the kitchen. The wife needs, needs the husband to go downstairs and get something. So she says, honey, would you go downstairs and... And get something for me. And, and so he heads down there and she calls down to him a few minutes later because he hasn't come back. And she goes, hey, how, are, you, are you down there? She doesn't hear a response and she yells again, are you down there? And all of a sudden she hears this, this jump and, and she goes, are you all right? And he goes, who's up there? 
because he he didn't okay. hear her the first time, and now he's a little startled by her. So, <laughs> all right, here's one, and older people can relate to this, obviously. I recently had a colonoscopy. Just before I dozed off, the nurse came in and sat a can of Bud Light down in front of the doctor. I thought to myself, oh, no, my doctor's going to be having a cool one during my procedure? That's crazy. But I soon realized that the nurse had a hearing problem. When the doc turned to the nurse and said with a red face, no, nurse, I told you I needed a Bud Light. I hope this is not inappropriate for the show. But <laughs> That's a lot to do with it. <laughs> Anyhow. Well, I think that we'll save a few more jokes for next week's show. Uh, tune in next week. This is, uh, it's been very informative. Justin, again, can you give us your, your phone number? Yeah, so, so our, our phone number at Southwest Hearing Clinic is 435-767-0240. And you're welcome to call me if you have any questions about hearing loss, how dementia is related to hearing loss, um, tinnitus even, you know, ringing in your ears. Um, you can also email me at justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, at swhearingclinic.com. Um, and I try to get back to you as quickly as, I, as possible. Email is always great, you know. And, and you do uh, free hearing exams, is that correct? Free hearing exams. If you feel like you're missing out on anything, just just give us a call. We'll get you in. No obligation, okay. And you yep. can and for Man Talk, for Stuart and I, send your questions to? Stuart. Send your questions to questionsmantalkradio.net. Questions at mantalkradio.net. Be happy and healthy. The information presented in this program is provided for general information purposes only and is not, nor is it intended to be, nor is it a substitute for professional medical advice and treatment. This program is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or injury. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this program. You should always consult a doctor or other health care provider for individual professional medical advice regarding your own health situation. We're Michael and Stewart with Man Talk on Radio St. George 100.3 FM. Submit your questions ahead of time to questions at mantalkradio.net. Re-listen or watch again. Search Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher for Radio St. George or radiostgeorge.com. We'll see you next week for another edition of Man Talk.